Hi everyone, this is Tyler Martin, the host of the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast, the podcast that is dedicated to teaching busy people how to develop lifelong fitness habits and fit sustainable diet and exercise into their life. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing the importance of monitoring and keeping track of your fitness metrics for maintaining lifelong fitness motivation. Lots of people begin and quit some type of fitness protocol during their life, usually to improve health or just to feel better in some way. Most people make the attempt to incorporate a fitness protocol multiple times during their life, and some people are constantly starting new fad, diet, or exercise regimens. Then they lose motivation, quit rapidly, and then move on to the next novelty fitness fad. I think a big reason why many people lose motivation quickly when they're trying one of these new fitness protocols is that they aren't consistently tracking any sort of fitness metrics as a part of their overall fitness protocol. I'm recording this podcast to convince you that monitoring and tracking fitness metrics is crucial to maintaining motivation long term so that your diet and exercise procedures can become permanent fixtures in your lifestyle. So with that, let's jump right in. First, let me define what I mean when I use the term fitness metric. I'm talking about the measurable, quantifiable aspects of your fitness protocols as well as your body. For instance, one measurable aspect of your dietary protocol is the total daily number of calories that you eat, which is something that you can quantify and keep track of. A good example of a bodily fitness metric is body weight. Weight is obviously a physical characteristic that you can measure and keep track of. Now, these are just just examples. There are many more fitness metrics that you can track, which we'll get into a little bit later. But hopefully now you just understand the gist of what a fitness metric is, and the key is that they're measurable and they relate to either your diet or your workout or your body in some way. Now that you understand what a fitness metric is, let's talk about why they're so important for keeping you motivated to continue with a fitness regimen. First, let's talk about what motivation really is, because I think it's actually a concept that isn't always clear, especially in the realm of fitness. You constantly hear people saying, I can improve my health or fitness if only I could stay motivated. And many people experience a very intense but fleeting sort of motivation when they first start something new, like an exciting new group fitness class or a fitness boot camp. This type of motivation tends to fade pretty quickly And very soon, people no longer feel the drive to continue with their fitness journey once the initial novelty of what they're doing wears off. From that point, many people start looking for that next shiny object that will give them that same intense feeling of being motivated, the same feeling that their previous fitness protocol had initially given to them. And in these scenarios, which I think are pretty common, what's actually happening is that people are chasing an emotional experience. They're looking for that next exciting workout plan that will inexplicably evoke in them this desire to take action. 
a desire to either diet or exercise that they otherwise wouldn't have. And the problem here is that at root, most of us just understand motivation to be an emotional type of response, a response that we can have to something, but in reality, motivation is much more than just this inexplicable emotion that comes over you. Now, it is true that motivation has an emotional component, which can encourage you to take all kinds of actions. We do things like diet and exercise because we emotionally desire the outcomes that these activities can bring, right? But it's a mistake to ignore the role that reason also plays in emotion. In fact, reason is the essential prerequisite of being motivated, or at least of being motivated beyond a momentary whim. Purposeful motivation requires reasoning. Here's just the Webster's dictionary definition of motivation. It's the reason that someone has for acting or behaving in a particular way. The way I interpret this is that we take actions because we believe that the outcome of those actions are going to be valuable to us somehow. We have a reason to believe that if our actions are successful, we'll be in a better situation afterwards than we were previously. So this means that motivation is really just a type of cost-benefit analysis. Taking actions have a cost, but if we believe that the benefits of those actions are going to be more valuable than the cost of performing the action, then we'll have a sufficient motivation to go ahead and take the action. Now, this is a very different take on motivation compared to this idea that motivation is just a feeling, just an impulse that comes and goes, and we're not really sure why. Now, the fact that motivation requires reasoning doesn't mean that motivation is completely devoid of emotion. I would say quite the contrary. If you estimate that the benefit of an activity such as diet or exercise is going to be very valuable, then you'll probably have a strong emotional response or you'll develop an emotional response to this idea. So if your reasoning fits nicely into the context of your lifestyle and your life, and what you value, in this case, what diet or exercise could give you, if you value that, then powerful emotion should accompany your reasoning, and it, that's something that can develop. And this is what strong motivation that can be consistent really looks like. Okay, so if fitness motivation is simply the belief that the payoff of our fitness activities will be more valuable than the cost in terms of time or energy expenditure, what role then do fitness metrics play in being motivated? The real value of fitness metrics is that they can tell you whether your actions are having the desired outcome. In other words, they're the feedback mechanisms that help you gauge whether or not your plan is on track, whether it's working. So for example, if you're on a diet that was designed to help you lose one pound per week and you're regularly checking your weight, then you have some kind of a feedback mechanism that can indicate if your plan is actually working, right? If the feedback is 
that your diet plan is working, this means that the time and the energy that you're spending on your diet is probably paying off or seems to be paying off in terms of your weight loss goal. So in this scenario, you're likely to stay motivated as long as you continue to value losing weight more than the time and the energy that it takes you to follow your diet plan. If, on the other hand, your regular weigh-ins are showing you that you're not losing weight or that you're gaining weight, this would indicate that the actions you're taking, your dieting, isn't working and that you'd probably start losing motivation to continue with that current plan. So you can see how the role of fitness metrics is to help you grasp or concretize the value that you're getting out of your fitness activities. Metrics make it explicitly clear that your actions are either effective or not effective, that you're having success or not. And if they indicate that you're not having success, that is a prompt for you to change your action plan and try again for better results. So the bottom line is that people need good reasons to exercise and eat right. And feedback from fitness metrics can validate or invalidate the methods that you're using to achieve your goals. Without some kind of feedback mechanism, without metrics, we can't be sure that our fitness activities are actually having an impact, which eventually is going to raise the question, is it worth it to keep dieting or exercising if I'm not sure that it's really doing any good? And for most people, they can't go very long with this question in mind without having an answer to that question. And if it's not clear that your fitness endeavors are really delivering value, then you're gonna quickly lose motivation and probably quit which makes sense because no one wants to waste their time and energy on something when there's no evidence that there's a payoff, that it's, work, that it's actually working for you. So if keeping track of fitness metrics is so important to staying motivated, why isn't this a focal point of most people's diet and exercise activities? In my opinion, the first reason is that people aren't fully aware of the role that feedback mechanisms play in their motivation. The other reason is that keeping track of fitness metrics seems to add additional steps. The perception is that it adds additional steps to the process of living a healthy lifestyle. They take additional time and energy, which creates more friction in people's life. So most of us choose not to keep track of things, or at least not to keep track of things consistently. First, I'd say that the I don't keep track of fitness metrics because it takes too much time and energy. It's too much work. This attitude is fundamentally mistaken. While doing things like regularly checking your weight or keeping track of how many strength training reps and sets you're performing may seem like this annoying extra step, the long-term benefit of these extra steps is gonna far outweigh those momentary inconveniences that seem to be present in this whole process of tracking things, of tracking metrics. The first major benefit of metrics checks is just this daily boost of confidence that they can deliver. 
when I fill out my performance log and I see that I've gotten a little bit stronger from a previous workout, that reinforces the fact that my system is working, that I am being effective, and that I'm on the right track and have some degree of control over the direction of my progress. And this is even true when I get feedback that I don't necessarily like. For instance, I indulged over the Christmas holidays and gained a few extra pounds of fat. And though I didn't love the number that I saw um, right after Christmas when I, when I did my first post-holiday weigh-in, I still got a confidence boost when I got on the scale because my mindset was, hey, there's something that I want to change and I know that I've got the right tools at my disposal to achieve my goal. So, you know, let's, let's get to work. And by continuing to check my metrics, I just affirm this belief. Each time I get on the scale and I see that I am making progress, I'm moving in the direction that I want to go. So yes, tracking can take a bit more bandwidth, but if that extra effort gives you the confidence to maintain a fitness habit for a lifetime, the odds are that you'll have a categorically different type of life in the long run compared to the life that you'd have otherwise if you didn't track metrics and lost motivation quickly and stopped pursuing fitness consistently you know after a few weeks or a few months in the long run the person who consistently tracks and manages via metrics is going to make progress towards their goals and develop the confidence and the sense of self-efficacy to maintain momentum in pursuing those goals over time. So to me, systematically keeping track of fitness metrics can lead you to a significantly different outcome than not doing so. And a great analogy to this, I think, is managing personal finances. While setting financial goals and keeping close track of your savings and investments may be an extra you know, time-consuming step in your everyday life, Doing so ultimately leads to a categorically different type of life, right? That, you know, if, if you're the person who doesn't keep track of those things, you're going to have a very different outcome. So, you know, in this case, the difference can be retiring at the age of 65 with maybe a few million dollars in the bank or arriving at 65 with no significant wealth and no hope of ever being able to retire and do what you want. The other thing is that keeping track of fitness metrics really doesn't require as much time and energy as people think. Yes, it can take a little effort to do things like buying a scale, choosing a fitness app to track meals, and to create an exercise log so you can keep track of your performance. But once this initial setup phase is complete, just going through the motions of simply checking your metrics and logging them or writing them down should become a pretty automated habitual process that you really don't have to think much about once the behavior gets ingrained and, and turns into a habit. Most metrics can be measured and documented in 30 seconds or less. And once you get comfortable with the procedures, you barely notice them in your day-to-day -day activities. Okay, so now the obvious question is, what type of fitness metrics are there and which ones should the average person who's just trying to incorporate a healthy amount of diet and exercise into their lifestyle be keeping track of? First, 
let's lay out the main types of fitness metrics that you can potentially be tracking. There are three main categories of trackable metrics, which are process metrics, performance metrics, and biometrics. Process metrics measure whether or not you stick to a predefined execution plan, either dieting or exercising or both. For instance, did you complete a daily workout today? Yes or no? Did you stick to your diet plan for the day for calorie intake? Yes or no? Process metrics relate to some activity that you've planned to do and they are binary, meaning that the outcomes are either true or false. Process metrics are fantastic accountability tools, especially for people just starting out in their fitness journey, because in the beginning, your primary goal should just be turning the right behaviors into a habit. So behavior consistency is key, and process metrics are a great way to measure how successful you are at sticking to a behavior commitment. So if you're not sure where to begin with metrics, start with some basic process metrics in the beginning. You can incorporate performance and biometrics once you've gotten comfortable with your processes and they've started to become habitual where you don't have to put a lot of effort into thinking about what to do and that you're being consistent with them. So I recommend starting with two primary process-related goals. The first one is simply keeping track of exercise frequency. So keep a daily log of whether you've met your daily exercise requirement. And this is just a yes or a no. And the second one is keeping a daily log of whether you've met your daily nutritional intake requirements. So whatever calorie or macronutrient targets that you've set for yourself. Next, we have performance metrics, which I think are the best next steps to take once you've gotten comfortable with your diet and exercise routines. Performance metrics are generally just used for exercise-related activities, and specifically, they relate to how effectively you performed each planned exercise in your workouts. For the average person who's exercising for general health and fitness, it's easiest to focus your performance tracking on strength training activities because they're much easier to measure than cardiovascular performance, which can require all kinds of complicated heart monitors and things like that. But for strength training, you want to keep track of which exercises were performed in each workout, how many repetitions were done in each set, and what amount of resistance was used for each exercise set. And having this type of performance log is what will start giving you that valuable feedback that your exercise routine is having a positive effect. And when you see that, that you did one more rep this time than in a previous workout, for instance, you know that you've gotten stronger and maybe even gained a little bit of muscle mass. And that feedback can also indicate that you know, it's time to make a change, that maybe it's time to increase the amount of resistance that you're using so that you can continue to challenge yourself. Again, unless you're a competitive runner, I really don't think it's necessary to try and track cardio performance. You just want to make sure that you're doing enough cardio for general health and fitness. 
for the average person, I, I think of cardio more as a process goal. You either did it or not. So it's a, it's a yes or no. The last category of fitness metrics that I recommend measuring and monitoring is biometrics, which include any measurable bodily attribute. The most common ones for fitness being body weight, body fat percentage, and muscle mass. And these biometrics are meaningful because they're strong indicators of how your diet and exercise behaviors are impacting your body. For instance, if you're consistently eating fewer calories than your body needs to maintain its current size, which is called a calorie deficit, then you're going to lose body fat, and that'll be reflected in multiple biometrics, such as your body weight as well as your body fat percentage. And likewise, your exercise activities, for instance, strength training, in combination with a protein-rich diet should result in an increase in muscle mass, which would show up in metrics that estimate muscle mass, like a free fat mass index or FFMI, which I've explained more in a previous podcast, so that was podcast number seven, if you want to go back and learn a little bit more about that metric. Biometrics are powerful because most people are exercising and dieting in order to control the composition of their body. Most commonly, it's to lose weight or to gain muscle or just to maintain their current body composition. Without checking biometrics, you can never really be sure that the effort that you're expending to exercise and to diet are really having the effect that you intend them to have, which ultimately can cause you to start to question whether or not you're wasting your time. You need consistent feedback to confirm that what you're doing is working. Otherwise, you will almost certainly lose motivation. And this is especially important after you've been exercising and dieting consistently for more than just a couple of months. Um, you know, in the beginning, your body will probably make visibly noticeable changes fairly rapidly, especially if you're a little overweight and maybe live a more sedentary lifestyle, and then all of a sudden you become active and you're exercising. Those changes are fairly noticeable in the beginning. But once you've been exercising for a while, those easy adaptations slow down, and you need to measure to keep confirming that you're still making progress because those changes start to get less visibly noticeable, and they happen slower, and you still need that feedback in order to maintain motivation. Now, I know that there are a lot of people out there who are averse to checking biometrics, especially ones like body weight or body fat percentage. And a common reason for this perspective is that many people aren't where they want to be, right, from a, from a fitness and physique perspective. And it causes them serious angst to, say, step on a scale on a regular basis. I'll say a few things about this. First, this feeling this way is common, but I also think that it can be a transitory stage for a lot of people. When you first begin a fitness journey, if you're uncomfortable checking biometrics, you can start off by just tracking process metrics and then graduate to exercise performance metrics. And as you do this and begin to form consistent habits, 
it's likely that you'll start noticing some of these bodily changes. And in most cases, this happens in the form of noticeable fat loss, as I said just a minute ago. And you can actually see these you know, happening in the mirror, but as your body starts changing and you witness yourself getting stronger and having success and building new habits, I do believe that most people will start developing more of an appetite for checking biometrics. They will get encouraged by their other successes, those initial successes, and become more willing to check biometrics like body weight. Not because they're now where they necessarily want to be, you know, they're as a, as a final goal, but because they've ingrained confidence that what they're doing is effective because they're seeing it show up in their performance and in the fact that they've developed new habits and they're sticking with those commitments. So you develop a more positive mindset about what's possible. And this comes from the success of tracking more basic metrics, so the process and the performance-based metrics. But for the reasons that I have already mentioned, I do think it's important at some point to eventually incorporate regular biometrics checks to help maintain motivation, especially as you become more experienced and consistent with following your exercise and fitness protocols. Okay, so with that, let's wrap up today's podcast. I encourage everybody listening to consider adding regular fitness metrics checks to their fitness protocols because in the long run, they'll serve as important feedback loops that you'll need to maintain motivation and maintain a healthy lifestyle for the long run. If um, you'd like more information on how to check biometrics in particular, like body fat percentage, lean muscle mass, check out, as I mentioned, podcast episode number seven, Assessing Body Composition, because I go into much more detail about the tools you need, how to set up those processes, exactly what to do. And then podcast episode number 10 is another great one where I elaborate on you know, how you can turn some of these protocols into daily habits, and that one is called Monitoring Body Composition. Thanks again for listening to the Friction Factor Fitness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it valuable, please subscribe, please like, and please share with others who you think may find it helpful. Also, please check out my website, frictionfactorfitness.com, where you can access more content, access my free fitness calculator tool, and download a free teaser of the first three chapters of my new book, The Friction Factor, The Busy Person's Guide to Sustainable Diet and Exercise, which is launching in March of 2023 and is now available for pre-order. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes.